You're listening to the Real Estate Runway Podcast, powered by Quattro Capital, where we are all about alternative business and investment strategies to help you amplify life and maximize wealth. Here's your host, the recovering engineer turned multifamily investor, Chad Sutton. All right, friends, in this episode, we have two of my dear friends, Kayla and Tyler Wilmont of Marlin Dynamic Investments. They are two firecracker individuals who are not only starting a family, you know, buying houses, but also in addition to their professional careers in medicine and construction, they are starting to acquire multifamily properties. They have an abundance of knowledge. They've been through an abundance of education. And we're going to get to hear how real this can be as you're starting out in this space. I mean, guys, this is not an unattainable thing. Educate yourself. You go through the motions and the blueprints that people have followed before or have laid out for you before. And you work with some professionals who can help you get there along the way. And before you know it, you know, you're an established group. So I can't wait for you guys to just hear some of their experiences, hear that this is real, hear that I don't want to say anyone can do it, but you really can. The only thing that stops you is your own limiting beliefs. So with that said, here are Kayla and Tyler. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, Real Estate Runway family, welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Runway podcast. I'm your host, Chad Sutton. As always, looking like I just came from the gym. This is real. This is raw. Here we are to talk about multifamily life today. I'm joined today with Tyler and Kayla Wilmot, who are managing partners of Marlin Dynamic Investments, a multifamily real estate investment LLC based in Jacksonville, Florida. Kayla is currently a practicing physician's assistant, and Tyler is an operations manager for a general contractor who specializes in design and build of homes since 2014. Together, they create a team which excels in communication and building relationships. As a team, they bring two of the most vital skills to flourishing in multifamily. They are thriving to acquire their first multifamily asset by the end of 2021. Clock's running out, but I think we're getting pretty close into a, into a pretty amazing 2022 with them together here. And surprise, I just found out at the beginning of this recording, they are expecting their first child, a baby girl. Tyler, your life will always be now bowing down to that baby girl. So welcome to the show. How are you doing, friends? Hey, we're doing good. Thank you for having us. Yes. And you guys are popular. I've been trying to get this episode scheduled for what, six months, and we finally all got (laughs) together and did it. We finally, you know, stopped going back and forth and rescheduling. We're finally here. We're excited. Absolutely. Well, what I'd love to do is kind of just hear about your background a little bit and where you are in your multifamily investing career. I know you've been part of some mentorship groups. You've worked with us on some things, but with where you are in your professional careers, why are you looking at multifamily as a career path and as an investment path? And where are you? Yeah. So we are... We've been married for one year. And one thing that we both knew when we got married was that we aren't Monday through Friday, nine to five people. And we don't want our children not to have the life where we can travel and where we're not there for them and we can't attend events, et cetera. So something we started looking at pretty quickly was how are we going to get out of this? I want to work as a PA because I love my job and I love helping people, but not because I need the salary. And same for Tyler. So we started looking into real estate, multifamily quickly kind of grabbed our attention and the ability to scale a lot quicker. We did join a mastermind mentorship program towards the end of May, which was an investment itself. We did have to take a hit to join there, but we knew that we were investing in our future and it was something that we were very excited about. And so we joined that towards the end of May. In August, I think we submit our first LOI. Um, And since then, we've maybe submit six or so here in Florida and in in the Carolinas. And then we actually ended up joining Quattro on a joint venture, which closed towards the end of September, beginning 
beginning of October and we're getting the ball rolling there now. So we're really excited to just keep growing. We haven't secured our own syndication model quite yet in 2021 like we planned. And as you mentioned, we did have a little literal bump in the road. We had a baby bump who's, who um, we found out about in September. So we had, did have to squ- switch gears. We bought our first home just this month and we're excited to jump fully back into multifamily and keep looking at deals. We have one that we're looking at currently here in Florida. You guys go through more life change in like six months than most people do in five years. I mean, let's just oh, yeah. pause and reflect on that. I love it. I love it. So tell me about the group that you joined. I'm, I'm always curious to hear about the astute educational groups out there today because there are many that really aren't worth the money you pay, but there are some that are. I personally know the guys who you guys are working with. So I'd love to hear what that experience has been like with multifamily mindset. Yeah, it's been great. So we joined Multifamily Mindset. It's run by Tyler Devereaux, Ryan Woolley, and a whole gang of amazing people. Starts out with kind of a four-week crash course where you are pushed. It focuses on both mindset and multifamily education, but you're pushed to do a lot of work outside of your nine to five, dedicate hours, make uncomfortable phone calls to brokers, things that you have never done before and you don't feel qualified to do (laughs) because you have to start somewhere. And so after that four week course, you feel pretty prepared. You feel as educated as you can be before you have to take action because nothing is going to move forward until you take that action. And so after we finished that, we worked on networking, finding sponsors and finding other people in our group who we'd like to work with. And that we, that's how we met Erin. We met Erin as she was on one of our weekly coaching calls. Erin Hudson, for those who aren't aware, she works with Chad and Quattro. And she is one of the most inspirational people I have ever met in my entire life. I'm watching her like oh my goodness, (laughs) like, like a little kid at Disney or something because she's so inspiring and she speaks very much the truth. And it's because she loves it. You can just tell that she loves everything that she does and she loves helping people to realize their potential too. And so I don't even remember what the question was. (laughs) So anyways, multifamily mindset, that's what it was, has been a huge stepping stone. It was like skipping steps because it introduced us to an amazing network that we still have. We still do coaching calls with them weekly where we learn things we didn't know because you're always learning. So highly recommend, highly recommend. You know, and that's fantastic. I mean, and you might not know this about me, but Tyler was one of my early mentors way before multifamily mindset existed. He's a fantastic guy. Him and Ryan, both very smart individuals. And people often ask us at, at Quattro, like, you know, how, how do I, how do I do this? How do I invest in this? It's like, well, the answer is always, how much time do you have? You know, if, if you are a physician's assistant and you love doing that, or you are a construction operations manager and you love doing that, or you are a dentist or you are a school teacher, whatever it is, you know, if you love doing that and that is your passion, great. I'm not, no one's saying you have to leave that to get financial independence. This is all about what you do with the money that generates. Right. And so I I can, you know, a lot of what we do is we bring people the you know, in and, and they will put money into our projects and get that 17, 18% ish return that can be achieved as a, as a limited partner investor or a passive investor, if you will. But then some people say, you know, maybe I have no time, but I'm willing to work two jobs and, and build this. Or maybe I, I have freedom and I'm willing, I'm able to go and, and build a company out of this. I mean, if you really want to learn how to sponsor these deals, 
the barrier of entry is high. The barrier to entry is high because you have to have credibility, capital, financial acumen, and and scorecard. All of that can be learned, guys. This is not hard. And what these two have done is get into a program where there, there are reputable ones out there that are not just guru programs. I promise. I've been to a few of them. So reach out. Multifamily <laughs> Mindset is one of them. And they will teach you the 50% of things. I'm going to even say the 80% of things that will end you if you don't know them, right? That you will be out of this game before you ever start. The rest of it you learn by doing and you make some little mistakes and you get better and you find your niche, right? But you know, for anyone who is planning on syndicating or using investor money to acquire property, it is your fiduciary responsibility to be educated and stuff like this. So I can't commend you both enough for doing that. That makes your credibility go through the roof. But we've gotten down the line here and you guys have been looking at syndications and you decided to, to jump in a joint venture with us. You know, why in the world would you do that? I'm curious uh, what, what your mindset is. You know, you, you could all you could always just go and be a passive investor in a syndication and, c- and continue working the jobs that you want other that you currently have. But you are thinking of something bigger. So what was your mindset, Tyler and Kayla, as you were deciding to invest in a joint venture? And how is that different? Well, it's funny because you actually just said it. You said the rest of it, you learn as you go. So there is no better way than to jump in on a joint venture with an amazing team who you're already familiar with and with multiple other people who are looking to learn this industry. And if the team is willing to let you learn as you go, then this was a great way for us to do that. And so something with this specific joint venture, I think there were 14 of us who invested in there. And Tyler and I didn't have the funds to make that $100,000 minimum investment. So we we teamed up with another couple from our network Work because our network is our net worth. Write <laughs> <laughs> that down, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and they, together with us, we formed an LLC and we joined the JV together. And so now we're working on roles currently within the JV where we might be a part of asset management or financial breakdown and just things that keep the property running that people don't honestly realize you have to do throughout this whole time. Make sure your business plan is going the way it's supposed to and the tenants are happy, etc. So we're really excited to do exactly what you said, which is kind of learn as you go. And we thought this JV would be pretty much a really good route for us to, to get started. You know, and, and I love what y'all just said, because you two are part of a used to be a rare breed, but it's starting to be more prevalent. And, and it, it seems like, and I'm not going to get on my soapbox about why this <laughs> is, I, I could, I could do four podcasts on why this is, but people today are taking more of an interest in their financial knowledge. And I love that because for far too long, you know, the general public has just trusted money managers and 401ks and things like that to grow their wealth. And and little do they know fees have risen and they just, there's no one who is going to have your best interest at heart more than you. Right. And so, you know, being more financially savvy and knowing where you should and how you should invest your money is a great thing. So basically what you've, what you've done is said, well, look, you know, and, and, guys, I have to preface this. We were always asked if we have coaching programs. We don't. We're not set up that way. We don't intend to be. There are many great groups out there who do, such as Multifamily Mindset or an RE Mentor or someone like that. But 
we decided because nowadays there is an avatar of an investor. There, there's a, there's the avatar that says, Hey, I don't care what you do with it. I know I want to invest in real estate. Here's a hundred thousand dollars. Give me the return you said. And, and that's it. Right. That's, that's great. Cause they want to go be a doctor or whatever it is that they're doing. They want to continue doing that and be really good at it. And I love that because that's their own way to help the people and help the world. But there are some of us like Kayla and Tyler, like myself, like Aaron Hudson, who was mentioned, we take pride in figuring out how do we create these investment opportunities opportunities through real estate and how do we you know hedge against inflation how do we multiply wealth how do we you know instill tax incentives that help you keep that wealth you know through a vehicle that is wonderful how do we do that and bring people along with us and there are some people who say you know I, I realize that I, I could have time and I could do this as well what better way than to jump on a on a joint venture instead of a syndication a joint venture where everyone is active everyone has a job everyone will be part of making that equity grow and you get to learn alongside of a powerful team who's done it you know 20 plus times before because it's the easiest way to guarantee your success is to at least get in there and not have to reinvent the wheel, right? Success leaves clues. There are blueprints we have used. It really, really should not be, you know, incredibly hard to get into this. You just have to have to kind of have a coach along the way and someone who can show you, show you what to do along the way, right? Definitely. And I didn't even think that some people listening may not know what a JV is or a syndication. So joint venture specifically, all of the partners are going to be active. They are, they have to play a role. They're part of the investment, but they're also, they're learning while they earn in this case, because <laughs> you also invest yourself in the deal. As far as a syndication, it's made up of operations or managers. And then another portion of passive investors who only donate their money to it, no time at commitment, no say in the operations, et cetera. So they're making a passive investment, like you said, so they can go back and go be their doctor, be a doctor, um, et cetera. So. Exactly. Now, so tell me what, what I mean, because I guess what you're doing here is you're, you're accelerating your learning by working with us on this. And, and so I know that a lot of, of, the, of the programs out there today, they really have an emphasis on the acquisition phase. And that's a huge part of it. because so you have to figure out how do you inspect and underwrite and, and finance and, and put management and, and personnel in place? How do you do all that to acquire this business? I mean, these are, these are businesses that happen to have a building that come with them, right? I and mean, whether, whether we think so or not. But what have you learned so far being part of the joint venture that you didn't already know you know, from going through a, a mentorship program, and unless they already spoke about asset management and things of that sort, I hope they have. Oh yeah, they definitely mention it, but you don't really learn it until you until you're fully doing it. You don't realize exactly all the little portions that add up to what asset management is, for example, because you start out with a capex budget and you have to follow your business plan. Whether that meant you're going to renovate the units and how often or how many units you're renovating at a time, that means empty units, which means no income for that unit at that time. How many people are paying their rent on time? What fees are being collected for pets, etc. So every Every week, there's financials that are coming through. And during our JV meeting the last week, they spoke about something really important because there's someone who kind of goes through the financials and looks. And I guess on one of you guys' properties, someone caught a water bill that went up significantly. And that turned into a massive leak that if it wasn't caught, could have turned into even more expensive fix. And it's something that you don't catch unless you're doing that financial analysis. Due diligence. Thank you. And so there's a lot more pieces to the puzzle than what we initially realized 100% that go on in the background, taxes, and just the, the little things that if overlooked, make a big, big impact. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and uh, Tyler, I'm sure you can speak to this being in construction operations. 
we spend a lot of time when we're acquiring these projects, figuring out where do we need to spend money? How does that tie to the rent plan? What does rental income realization trajectory look like? How long is it going to take me to get that money to be a reality on the, the bottom line? How important in your professional life, and you're probably seeing this on the other side, but how important is managing that project, you know, project managing the operations of the construction side, you know, how important is that in the success of the overall plan? Uh, I mean, in today's world, it's probably the most important aspect of it. I mean, with the prices of lumber and just everything in general, appliances, windows, roofings, everything's six to eight months out. So that's downtime you're going to have in your unit. So, I mean, definitely the most important part. Yeah, this is something that makes you to a formidable team because, you know, you, you have, I think both of you to a degree understand the financials portion and the relationship building that goes with this and the fact that you are running a business built with people. I mean, you're in the people business and people are messy. So there's that. But at the end of the day, understanding how things go together, understanding how bricks and mortar and, and everything fits together to create a, a project, even if you're not developing from the ground up, you can kind of see through walls and you can and you can kind of see, well, okay, well, the price for this is up 3x. What else can we do that will have equal or, or you know, sub, substantial value that will accomplish the plan, right? I mean, that, that's a skill that not everyone has. So that's a, a very nice thing for Marlin Investments, right? Definitely. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the episode, everyone here. And I guess one more question I'd like to ask you guys before we start getting into a couple of, of the, uh, the the questions I have to ask everyone on the show. You know, you've submitted a couple of LOIs at this point. What have you learned? I mean, is it rainbows and unicorns or, you know, you get punched in the mouth every now and then? <laughs> there is so much more that goes into just submitting a piece of paper than we could have possibly thought because if they accept that LOI, <laughs> you're buying a property. <laughs> of course, their a contract comes after that. But if your numbers are wrong, if your underwriting, you know, misaccounted for something, if you didn't double check on when your taxes, how your taxes are going to change based on the purchase price of the property, um, there's so many things that can impact how the returns that you've promised your investors, because you're doing this for the investors, <laughs> they're funding the deal. So the most important thing, something that we really value is, you know, what our investors are getting out of it, because we want them to be happy. And so in submitting the LOI, it's not just saying, I think I can buy this at this price. There's so much more that goes into it, making sure that you can get a debt on that property the way that you want to. What's the interest rate going to be? When will that interest start? Or if you'll do interest only? There's so many things. So it's not that simple. Also having a property manager on board, how are you going to accomplish due diligence? You have to think about all of these things before you submit that LOI so that when it's accepted, you're ready to rock and roll and you, you have some investors lined up and you're ready to buy that property. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, there, there's a lot that goes behind the paper, right? And, and once you are, it's almost like a lot of, a lot of run for a, for a dress rehearsal, right? But then every now and then you get called up to the majors and it's like, oh, okay, we, we, we're the, we're the team. We got to go, we got to go execute now. Right. And so there's a lot to it, but now you guys are doing the right thing. You've got, you know, you're working with professionals who know, who, who have years of experience. You're involved in, in these things as investors as well. So you, you've seen a lot. I think you guys are going to go big places as we continue to see this asset class outperform and probably still be the best inflation hedge out there. I mean, whether I'm going to do an episode on this, guys, 
inflation is here. It's always been here. It's a silent tax. No one really understands, but it's, it's increasing. And we're in a time where purchasing power is dropping for the typical saver more than it ever has. And so knowing how to put money into tangible assets that are based on a life necessity. I mean, come on guys, food, water, and shelter. I figure Jeff Bezos is getting a pretty good monopoly on food and water. So I might as well go buy shelter, you know, <laughs> something that we need. And it's something that's not going away. People are always going to need places to live. So anyway, off my soapbox, there are, there are episodes coming called Chad's Soapbox that will be for things just like that. But right now we're not there. So a couple of questions before I let you guys get off the show and get back to your incredibly busy time buying houses and properties and having babies. So <laughs> what is your superpower as it relates to your business? I'm going to go ladies first, Kayla, and then we'll do Tyler. Yeah. So for me, my superpower really is just communication. I work in medicine. So something that I do every day is talk to people. I talk to all kinds of people, every different personality type, every different ethnicity, cultures. And so for me, I feel really comfortable building relationships and just communicating, whether that's with an investor and explaining something to them in a way that they're going to understand it or to a broker and explaining to them that who our team is and how we're going to make this happen and why our underwriting makes sense or what we are thinking for a property, et cetera. So yeah, for me, I think it's definitely my communication. That is fantastic. And Tyler, what about you, sir? I would say my superpower is composure. You probably can't tell through the video or audio, but my heart is beating out of my chest at the moment. <laughs> so just being able to stay calm and collected in intense situations and uh, assess situations from every angle possible and evaluating all options and outcomes of that specific situation at the time. He definitely catches me, you know, if we're underwriting a property and I don't think about something, he's my background where, well, what about this? You know, you didn't think about this. Are you sure that that's the right number that you got, et cetera? So internal challenges are, are a good thing. <laughs> Okay. What is your biggest failure to date and what did it teach you? I need some dirt on you guys. And we know why you're awesome. Tell me something that didn't go so well. Kayla first, then Tyler. Yeah. For me, my biggest failure is I'm a physician assistant. And the first time I took my boards, I didn't pass them. And it came down to a lot for me where I was, it was a bad spot. You know, I, I didn't pass my boards. You can't retake them for about three months. That means no job for three months. And it all comes down to what did you learn from that? And so for me, if I really think about it, I was doing too much. I had planning a wedding at the same time, studying for my boards. I was running a small business. And so it came down to me learning when to say yes and when to say no to things and deciding how my time is used and better organizing my time. And that is still something that I have to work on every day. But definitely all about the failures, but really it's about what you learn from them. It makes a lot of sense. You know, and Kayla, we, we all have 168 hours in a week. I know that because our, our, our church always talks about, we go to church for one over 168. So I always have this 168 in my head, whether it's Elon Musk, Chad Sutton, Kayla Wilmot, you know, we all have 168 hours and how we use them is key. And there's, there's only, that's the one thing that is finite that we can't get more of. So kudos there. Tyler, what about you? <laughs> My biggest failure to date and something I continue to struggle with, I would say, is and something a lot of people can relate with is self-doubt. Just get into my own head and 
overthinking and overanalyzing everything and just not thinking I have the capabilities to achieve the goal at hand, which also is something I learned from it. It's also a blessing and a curse. It compels me to obviously overachieve and all the doubts in my head are usually perceived highly by others. So it usually works out in my favor. You know, it's funny. I'm full of these little old man quotes, by the way. Here comes another one. What other people think about you is none of of your business, right? You quit caring about that and the world is your oyster. (laughs) So fantastic. Except maybe your wife. You probably want to care what she thinks about. (laughs) That matters. So, okay. Last question and I'll let you go. Quattro is all about the four pillars. One of them being philanthropy, right? People first, property second. Then of course we want to make some profits, but guys, we got to give back to the world and support philanthropic ventures that improve the world. So we always love to hear what our guests are supporting so that perhaps our listeners will support on their behalf and just perpetuate good in the world. So from a philanthropic perspective, what can our listeners promote on your behalf? So for me working in medicine, of course, the first thing I think about is the organization that I've donated to, which is St. Jude, which is a children's hospital that essentially provides health care for children at no cost to the families, which that's something that we'll always do. But in regards to our ongoing giving back, we always currently, we just try to do the little things, whether that's buying the person in line behind used groceries or grabbing something, you know, for the person outside the store on their bicycle, giving them a gift card to Publix, things like that. So we always try to do smaller things that kind of brighten brighten other people's day. But as we grow and, you know, have the ability to, we definitely want to continue to find other ways to give back. And I think giving for us in our local community is going to be the most important to us. I love it. And that's fantastic. I mean, you're on, you're on this trajectory and, and it's, it's hard in the beginning, just like any business that, that you're growing and starting, but you look down one day and you've got a couple of rivers flowing and, and, you, and you've got streams coming in where it's like, okay, wow. Like you can really, not only can you, do you have a big heart, but you can afford to let your heart be big. Right. So it's a wonderful thing. I, I couldn't appreciate that comment more. So St. Jude, everybody, that is a, a very commonly known area that helps children. So I think, you know, you can definitely support that on their behalf as well. All right. Well, folks, this has been another episode of the Real Estate Runway podcast, really focused on how do you grow and scale in this business? What sort of education can you find? And, you know, where can you invest money and learn while you earn? I mean, there are, there are things that exist out there like that. You just have to find them. Until next time. I'm your host, Chad Sutton, Kayla and Tyler. Thank you for being here. Thank Thank you. you. Over and out. How is your company managing your capital raising process? Syndication Pro is the number one solution to help real estate syndicators and fund managers automate fundraising, investor relations, and reporting. Syndication Pro is a solution that is trusted by hundreds of firms, large and small, with billions being managed within the platform. Here at Quattro Capital, we have seen a drastic improvement in our ability to provide better customer support to our investors, a co-sponsor module to our alliance partners when partnering on new acquisitions, ACH distributions, an SEC compliance CRM, and even the ability to take soft reservations on upcoming projects. Look for the link in the show notes to try Syndication Pro risk-free for seven days. We hope this episode was insightful and brought value to your day. If so, please be awesome and leave us a five-star review. Find out how Team Quattro can help you at thequattroway.com. Until next time, this is the Real Estate Runway Podcast.